Welcome to the Intentional Parents Podcast. Intentional exists to help parents in their God-given task to raise passionate Jesus followers. We exist to bring hope, help, and healing to families. Each week, we will talk about anything from parenting, marriage, lifestyle, and what it looks like to follow Jesus in our time. Intentional is made up of Phil and Diane Comer and Brooke and Elizabeth Moser. I am Brooke, and the funny thing is, we are all family. Elizabeth is Phil and Diane's daughter, so we're a family figuring this thing out together. We hope this podcast feels like you're sitting with us in our home talking about how to do this thing called life together. Elizabeth and I are your hosts. Let's get into this week's podcast. Welcome back to the Intentional Parents Podcast. We just want to say thank you so much for everyone that's left a comment on iTunes or rated the podcast. And if you haven't had a chance to do that yet, would you just even pause in this moment and take a minute to rate the podcast and leave a comment? It is so helpful to us and such a gift to be able to hear how this is impacting you. Uh, Today is our Father's Day episode. I have Phil and Diane and Elizabeth here. And we're excited, aren't we, guys? Yes, we are. Mm -hmm. So we want to be the first, hopefully, to say Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Happy Father's Day. This is going to be a great... And if you are a wife listening to this and you know your husband doesn't love the medium of podcasts or you listen and your husband usually doesn't, we just want to let you know one thing about this podcast today. It is going to be short. It's going to be to the point. It's going to have alliterated points and we're going to go through them (laughs) quickly. But we really do want to um, encourage you to share this with your husband or someone that you know, uh, a father figure or a father... Um, in your life or somebody that you know that is a dad, primarily because we want to talk about the importance of fatherhood, and it is so important. And Mm -hmm. even as we've talked about this even today before we started recording, we've realized this is just such a powerful topic and such a necessary thing for honestly healing a lot of what's going on in our culture. So um, we're going to start with a, a vision of fatherhood, and the first alliterated P that we have today is something called purpose. We're going to start with the purpose of fatherhood and really understanding why, you know, having some understanding of your why as a father is important. And I think, Phil, we talked about starting in Psalm 127 is kind of the place that we were uh, thinking of starting today. So why don't you take us from here? Oh, yeah. I mean, the the purpose of fatherhood, of course, we're, ta- we're talking about uh, once you've given your life to Jesus, what's your purpose as a father who is a follower of Jesus? And of course, it's, we like to say, it's not only to raise good kids. I mean, everybody wants to raise good kids. Have you ever yep. been a father? My goal is to raise the worst Terrible kid ever. Kid. <laughs> no, of course not. We want to raise godly kids who grow mm-hmm. up to follow, uh, to follow the Lord. And, uh, you know, I think we need to remember that any children that we have are gifts from God. And that's exactly what Psalm 127 yes. says. And it says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. And so it, it says here that God needs to be involved in the building of our homes. And it's not talking about a brick and mortar house here because in verse three, it says, behold, children are a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. And so these are gifts given to mothers and fathers by the Lord. And the Lord wants to build his home in those kids, mm-hmm. and you are like the primary tool in his hand. So yes. it's you listening to Jesus, realizing this is his purpose, not only for you as a father. I mean, what's he doing in your life? Romans chapter 8 says he wants to 
conform you into the image of his son. He's raising you up. He's getting you ready for heaven. He's making you more and more like Jesus. And one day you shall be like him. And so now he wants to use you to do the same thing with your children. And so the purpose is to raise kids who grow up to love God with all their heart. And as mm-hmm. Diane says, and to love people on purpose. That's your way yeah. of saying it. Love right. God with passion. Love people People on purpose. purpose. Well, I think to have a robust vision for fatherhood, a full vision for fatherhood, and as we go through these different points, uh, having a purpose is incredibly important. Understanding why you're doing what you're doing or even understanding why it's important to want to continue Mm -hmm. to raise Passion of Jesus followers and so on. And I love how, you know, even biblically, we see this example when the family's healthy, culture society is healthy mm-hmm. and and fathers as in you know biblically especially as the head of the household so to speak um there's so much importance and responsibility on fatherhood uh one of the things i i know that helps me a lot is um with my why of like well why are why am i spending this time why do i want to be this good dad well the first thing is because i love jesus and i feel like that's a that's something that comes out when you love jesus you want to emulate the things that jesus does but also just understanding um, who you are. Maybe you didn't have a situation where you actually know how to do this instinctively, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe your dad didn't pass this down to you as a little boy of like, this is how you are to act. This is how you treat women. This is how you handle money. Mm-hmm. And maybe you've been a little bit more like me in times where I've had to kind of like scrounge around and figure that out on my own or talk to other people who are much smarter than me. Um but that all, all of that comes into like understanding the bigger picture that you are you don't just exist for yourself, right? We exist to give away uh, our life to our kids and to our family. And I I've just been learning personally that even if you didn't get those things given to you, you can still decide to be this person. You can still decide to give this away and uh, have a purpose. Any other thoughts on that? Well, I think like you know I think it can be overwhelming for any parent, but I think especially fathers who maybe don't have, I think as moms, you know, there's kind of this already built in us, like intuitive nature of knowing what our kids needs. And I think sometimes dads feel like, well, I don't even know where to start. Like I don't have that like natural nurturing nature. And sometimes I I feel like in talking to other dads, it can seem like this huge thing that they know they're supposed to do. They want to be a good dad, but maybe they didn't have a good dad and they have no idea how, and it can seem too big mm-hmm. or too like, I just feel like I'm failing before I even start. And so they can check out a little bit or not feel like, or not even fully understand the importance of the little things. And I feel like as a wife and a mom and seeing the small things that you will do, Brooke, or dad, the memories I have of you that are small things. They're not these huge theological, you spent five hours preparing before you decided to come and teach your family. It's the little things of you took all of us girls on a date for our birthday. And it was like the highlight of our life. It was always like a month after our birthday because (laughs) life happened. It was always late. Mom picked out the present, but we thought it was from you. She wrapped it too. (laughs) (laughs) But it's those, those memories of like being, you, you, you weren't even doing this intentionally, but you were teaching us what it looked like to be to be treated well and respected and to be loved well. And all of those things you were instilling in us when all you had to do is take us out to dinner, like the simplest of things once a year, you know, yeah. a month after our birthday. But I think it's sometimes in these little moments 
that are so needed. A mom can't do all of the little moments. We're so busy no. doing all of the other things. Mm-hmm. But the little moments of getting on your son or daughter's level from a dad and saying, I'm proud of you. Like yeah. that goes so much further mm-hmm. so often than a mom even saying it. Mm-hmm. Like I just agree. to see the reverence that kids have for their dad. I don't even know why it is. I'm sure there's some scientific thing. I'll get mad about it sometimes. I'm like, I'm with them all day and they listen to dad way more. <laughs> but yeah. I think just to not discount the little things like starting small is so important and it doesn't have to be this overwhelming huge theological thing but just being present with your kids as a dad is so important mm, i just good. listening to you i just realized she added another p to your outline brooke presence <laughs> yeah there, there we purpose go purpose and <gasps> presence yes. which reminds me of diane who's our content creator primarily and the word person and she has said before, we parent out of relationship. Yes. Yeah. There's just no substitute for being there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you're there consistently and, and loving your kids, you're not going to do it perfectly. There's only one perfect father, our father who is in heaven, but, mm-hmm. but. Satan himself will shoot those thoughts that come into your mind through one of his demons or whatever, like, you know, you're really blown at, you know, you're, you're, you're not very good at this mm-hmm. and might mm-hmm. cause you to withdraw and that none of us are doing it perp- purpose, uh, perfectly, but we can at least do it fairly consistently mm-hmm. and there'll be fruit. And here's Elizabeth yes. talking in her thirties about memories she has from when she was, you know, mm-hmm. four, five, six. I love that. And so by God's grace, Diane and I stayed together and loved each other and we were present with our kids and you guys yeah. are present with now our grandkids and mm-hmm. look at the fruit. I mean, yeah. we see it every time, even though the house is a disaster right now because they're tearing <laughs> it apart. But they're they're yeah. loving you guys. And Sloan called me Popsy this morning and made me Popsy. cry. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She calls you Popsy. Um, yeah. So f- the first the first uh, point today is to understand your purpose, the importance of the purpose mm-hmm. of your position as a father, mm-hmm. whether you intentionally jumped into this or not. Like there is such a power. Um, and there's such a an under a great understanding behind that purpose. And so, uh, the next the next P that we want to highlight is power. Uh, mm-hmm. The second thing that really we believe you need to have a grand vision of fatherhood is power, and not the kind of power that our world talks about. Not power that mm-hmm. is authoritative over others or oppressive, but rather power from within to move without. And the idea mm-hmm. being the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, if you want to be an effective father, husband, uh, person in the world, you have to remember where the power truly lies. Uh, relational power comes from a place from within that the Spirit empowers. And so this really starts with where you're at with Jesus. And so uh, I'd love to take a minute and hear a couple thoughts on that. I know we have a couple things to say, but um, yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Your own personal relationship to draw power for being the kind of father that you feel called to be that's maybe even beyond you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm studying the book of Acts right now, and it was brought to my attention that the power when the Holy Spirit came upon them is a resurrection kind of power. The resurrected mm. Jesus actually imputes us with that power, gives us that power, but what has to precede it every time is crucifixion. Mm-hmm. First, Jesus was crucified, died, died to everything ideal, mm-hmm. died to his own wants and needs, died purely out of love for us, not out of deserving. Mm-hmm. First, he died, and then he was resurrected. Mm-hmm. And that's the same pattern that we follow today. First, I have to die to 
all the selfishness that is Diane mm. and all that I want and my agenda and my schedule and my privacy and my peace and quiet, mm. all my supposed needs have to be crucified and, and be and be buried with Christ, and mm. then I have the power to love in the way that Jesus loves us, which is a transforming kind of yeah. a power. And only then, really. And so mm. sometimes if you see yourself slipping over and over and into that anxious presence or into that impatience, or you just don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. You're just tired. You've got stresses at work. You come home to stresses at home. That's where we have, um, as Amy Carmichael used to say, a chance to die. Hmm. And those hmm. are beautiful moments, can be beautiful, transformative, hmm. powerful moments. Hmm. When I choose to die again, and I come mm -hmm. home and I give more. Yeah. And, and, and the, you have no idea the power that's even working through those kind of moments when you choose to deny what you really want and lay that down. And be resurrected mm. by power. Yeah, I think as a dad, especially a young, mm -hmm. uh, young da a dad with young kids, I'm calling myself a young dad, I guess. You um, are young dad. <laughs> I guess, relatively speaking, yes. Um, but I, I would say that something that's very helpful is, honestly, work is easy in comparison yeah. to coming home mm -hmm. and being a mm -hmm. present father. Like if we're mm -hmm. to argue about which one is like more taxing, uh, more challenging to navigate, more invasive, more mm -hmm. like they can see every part of it. Fatherhood is that. And I find that when I'm on my way home from work is really when I'm like gearing up. I'm like, okay, I'm going to come in. I'm, I'm probably going to have eight needs at, at one moment. And then Elizabeth's going to want to talk about the day and I'm going to want to do that. But then I'm like thinking strategically about how every kid's probably going to want to come tell me about their day at the mm -hmm. exact same time. How am I going to graciously say yes to this one, no to that one, wait a minute for that one. You know, like <laughs> I'm like almost like strategizing. How can I like do this and then also stay present and kind and, and gentle and not over respond because I'm already tired from the end of the day. So, um, you know, I think as a dad, having that reminder that you need prayer and you need the, mm -hmm. you need power from the spirit to accomplish this. I feel like there's so many times that I forget that and I fall flat. I really feel that. And the moments that I remember, I feel this feeling of the spirit. I remember a conversation we had a long time ago, Phil, you used this uh, analogy. You might've used it on here before. I'm not sure, but it's that idea of when you're driving home, this is old school analogy, when you used to have briefcase, excuse me, a briefcase, You, the idea was like when you're driving home, you know, pretend you're driving over a bridge. And when you're driving over that bridge, you take your briefcase and you mm -hmm. throw it out the window into mm -hmm. the river and you go home and you leave everything behind, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's there. And then when you you go home and you be present with your family in that moment, and then when you drive back over the bridge the next day, I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering the exact analogy, but you pick up the briefcase, you put it in the car and you take everything back to work. And that, I mean, the point just being that I think there are those moments as a dad where we have to have things like that from mm -hmm. the spirit to help us access some of that power to be able to be present, to be the fathers mm -hmm. that we couldn't be on our own. Yeah. Only now what we throw in the river is our iPhone <laughs> yeah. and our computer. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Seriously, to be present yes. because Elizabeth yes. added another P presence. Yeah. You know, I think we need to remember that we cannot uh, live a life that's pleasing to God in our own strength. It's not yeah. a roll up your sleeves and I'm going to do this. It's like, no. we'll totally fail. Yeah. We need the power of the Holy Spirit and, and he is right there. You know, I'm looking at John 15 here where Jesus reminds us that he is the vine 
and we are the branches. So he's the trunk and, and we're branches. And when we remain in him, he who abides in me or remains in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you, you can, can do nothing. nothing. Yes. Now, what does that mean? Like, I, no, I can go mow the lawn without him. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. no, he's talking about anything spiritual, anything lasting, bringing spiritual fruit to your kids. You, you can't do that. You know, the whole idea is that to, to stay connected to God himself and the life of God would flow through us, through mm-hmm. our words, through our tongue, through our heart, to our kids. Mm-hmm. And Diane's right. That begins with crucifixion. You know, I, Paul, the apostle Paul, I love Galatians 2.20. I memorized it years ago, and probably some of our listeners have too, where Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live. Hmm. But Christ lives in me, and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for yes. me. So he's saying, I no longer live. Well, he he was still alive, but he was saying, no, the old Paul is dead. Hmm. But I'm a new creation now. It's Christ in me, and the hmm. life I now live is the power of the Spirit of God in me. And then God did all these miraculous things through him. And I really believe God wants to do the same with any father and any mother. Yes. He's just looking for us to come to him and say, Lord, mm-hmm. help. You know, mm-hmm. What's that song we were singing for a while? I need you. Oh, I need you. Oh, yeah. Every hour I need you. And I just think when we're in that that place, and we're abiding in him, then fruit's going to come out and our kids are going to, uh, sure, we're going to, we're going to blow it at times. We're going to mm-hmm. ask forgiveness and that's powerful too, but they're going to see more of the fruit of the spirit, more love, more joy, more peace, more patience, more kindness. And do you remember, Phil, I discovered that one time about the word abide, because it's not a word we use very often in the NIV saying remain, and that one just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. That another way it can be translated is stay present to. Yeah. There you so go. our part is to stay present to the Father, mm-hmm. to stay present mm-hmm. to the Spirit. And we do that through the spiritual disciplines, various spiritual yes. disciplines, whether it's getting up and having a quiet time in the Word in the morning or through prayer walks or through mm-hmm. uh, Sabbath, all the daily reminders so that we don't, so that we combat that our tendency to constantly be veering off to our own agenda. So yes. abiding in the vine is staying present to Jesus present to the father and And that makes sense and jesus that's how he lived his life Mm -hmm. you know i just i'm looking here and you caused me to look at john 5 where jesus said the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing doing, for whatever the father does these things the son also does in like manner and then jesus said i always do the things that are pleasing to my father and he got up jesus the son of god got up early in the morning and went to spend time with his father so so we do yes so this is we do the same and that leads to the next point which is you need to have a plan if you want to have a grand vision for fatherhood and grow as a father and become the full fullest version of yourself that god wants you to be for your Mm -hmm. family and your kids you need to have a plan you uh, what did you say i I love what you say phil um it's basically if you plan to go nowhere you'll get there every time i'm saying it wrong but i know what is it everybody ends up somewhere but only a few end up there on On purpose purpose is one of the things and yeah if Mm -hmm. if you if you uh if you don't have a clear goal, you're going to miss it every time yeah, or yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. You know? Something like, like that. <laughs> but the point being that I think, and I think a lot of men might be able, even fathers listening might be able to resonate, like having a plan maybe is your natural bent or maybe it's not. I think regardless of where you fall on that naturally, it's important to not just assume this is going to happen. I think you need to plan that in. Uh, you need to make space. You need to talk to your wife and say, this is really important for me as a man to make sure I have space and time. Now that doesn't mean like, hey, so give me like two or three days 
days like by myself and you gotta just take the kids. That's not what I mean. Don't take advantage of the situation, but talk into the daily rhythm. I think it's really in the daily things Mm -hmm. of how are you, what is your plan to become more like Jesus practically? What does that look like in a daily way, in a quarterly way, in an annual way? What does that look like practically? I know for Elizabeth and I, there's daily rhythms that we have. Um, I can even say for myself three times a day because that's realistic. It's not actually realistic to do more right now in my stage of life. So I've I've settled with three, but three times a day to just bring my attention fully to Jesus. That's morning, afternoon, some time and night. That's helpful. Sometimes those moments are like five minutes of prayer. Sometimes they're really long. Sometimes I miss them, right? But the point being like, there's a plan in place. Uh, in the next few days, I'm going to have a, a moment of silence and solitude, which I can't wait for. Um, <laughs> and like having a, a, you know, more of an annual way of, of actually spending time to ask the deeper questions of what's going on. And, and these are, don't, you don't have to emulate these things if you don't want to. The, the point is just to give you some handlebars of like, there's real things that are actually not that complicated to do that you can build into your life in a strategic way to really just make space for the presence of God to help mm-hmm. you as a person, as a father, as a mm-hmm. husband, as a leader, as whatever you're planning on doing. So uh, you need to have a plan and that's really important. And I think First Thessalonians kind of gives us a heads up on some of this. I know, Phil, you were sharing before. I'd love to hear your thoughts on First Thessalonians. Oh, there's just a little snatch in First Thessalonians chapter uh, 2 that is interesting. And, and, you know, Paul's talking to a church here, not to fathers, but he uses a mother and a father as an illustration of how he was fathering a church. And, yeah. you know, a church is a family. We're mm-hmm. brothers and sisters in Christ, and there's there's, you know, leaders and all of that. But uh, he, he's talking to this church, which was an amazing church in Thessalonica. And he says, we <clears throat> prove to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. And so he's basically saying, we loved you like a, a mother would tenderly love her baby, nurse, nursing her. And, uh, you know, that, that's a, that's a motherly way of loving and kids, mm-hmm. kids need that. But then he goes down later and he also says, as you know, we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children. And then he gives the purpose so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And that's, mm. that's your purpose. You want your kids to walk in a manner worthy. You want them to be with you forever. Yes. And so you want to raise them to follow Jesus. This is like a serious thing. Yes. When you think about it, everyone's going to spend eternity with the Lord or away from the Lord. And of course you want to walk with God and you want your kids to walk with God and you want to be together forever. But he uses these three words for, as a father, he says a father exhorts, he encourages and he implores. And I think that that's that father is the one who can say, I am for you, and I really want to see you become everything God wants you to be, and I'm going to I'm gonna hold you accountable yeah. in a good way, and yeah. I'm going to give you everything I can. And, and then we encourage, you know, we say, well done. And, and as Diane likes to say, for every loving correction or rebuke, there should be 10 well dones. Like, you know, yes. I, I see you. I see you fighting for purity. I, I see you read your Bible this morning. I didn't even have to ask you. Yeah. And when we give that kind of encouragement, uh, it just makes them want to do it more. And this last word, imploring, is interesting. It's also testifying. So there's there's actually a, a father testifies to his kids or in, yeah. almost evangelizes them. Like, kids, I just got to tell you, like, I, I'm so in love with Jesus. Like, he's changing me. To, I just got to share this verse with you that I saw. And I'm going to tell you the story of how you know, this happened in my life. And so you're actually testifying to your kids Mm. of how great God is. And I think when a father does those three things fairly consistently, it just permeates the whole atmosphere of the home. Yes. I love it. It's a, and 
you have to have a plan, right? That doesn't just yeah. happen. You have to be thoughtful about it. And that's through prayer and time. But I love the the structure and I love what you even shared there. I didn't know you were going to mm-hmm. share the last part. That's really helpful. And Brooke, I like that what you guys are saying is the plan is not how to be a great dad. No. You're talking mm-hmm. about how to be men and dads who are actually walking with Jesus throughout the day yes. and throughout the week and throughout your lives. I just I just love that. Yeah. You oh. didn't give us five steps to being a good dad. It's one step that each of us have to take to being a good follower of Jesus because we know that yeah. then he will flow out over to our kids. Absolutely. Exactly. And and yes. Stay connected to the one father who's yes. the perfect father exactly. and let his spirit flow through you. Exactly. So that is so helpful. The the last P, but I think I'm, I'm fearing that we're going to just add a couple more <laughs> already, <laughs> uh, but it will be good. I think it will be for everyone's benefit. The last one, or hopefully the last one, but I think I have another one already as well is uh Close to the last one would be perseverance, uh, to have a full vision of fatherhood, to be to, to live into who God's calling you to be, to have that robust vision. You need to have perseverance. Mm-hmm. And I think a story in First Samuel um, that really helps as the story of Eli. Phil, would you mind reading that, that story? And, and the reason we're going to share this story is because it's easy to hear this podcast and be like, I... I'm amped about this. Like I, I can be, I can tend to be that person that I can get really excited about something mm-hmm. like super passionate for a short amount of time. That's why I sign up to run a marathon and then basically stop running during the training of that marathon and do CrossFit <laughs> only to have to still run the marathon that I signed up for at the end. That's another story for another time. <laughs> I can get really amped. I didn't amped. say I told you so. Yeah, I, okay, I still I ran it. I still ran it with you. <laughs> you did. We, you I did. Still, ran still ran it. it. And, and it was fun. But I mean, like I can get that. I'm like amped on a marathon. I sign up and that's too long for me to wait four months. I was like, I'll just get into CrossFit and won't run the whole time. So anyway, um, I think you have to have perseverance for the long haul of this mm-hmm. because life happens your own uh, maturing happens. There's moments when things are really easy. And then there's moments when life happens and suffering happens in such a way that all the things that are really in you are exposed. And that is so hard to to sit with sometimes. And um, in those moments, what do we do? We need to have perseverance. Yeah. We need to have a long vision. And we kind of have a story of um, two stories, actually, but one from the scriptures and one I know Diane's going to share. So, Phil, why don't you start that Yeah, one? yeah. This is like an, uh, a kind of a warning. You know, the Bible's full of stories, and they're all, there's positive ones and there's negative ones, but First Corinthians says that they're all for us yeah. to learn so that we don't make the same mistakes that they made. And so this is the story of Eli, who was a priest. And uh, if you remember the story, Hannah was barren and she prayed for a son and God, she said, Lord, if you give me a son, I'm going to dedicate him to the Lord. So she brings Samuel after she, he's weaned. She brings him up to be raised in the temple with Eli and, and he wasn't his biological son, but he came a prophet, the prophet Samuel. Mm-hmm. But Eli had, had his own sons. And so while Samuel was there as a young boy, there's a beautiful story there, how the Lord starts speaking to Samuel and he runs to Eli. You, you called me. No, I didn't call you. You know, that, that's a whole nother story. By the way, read that one to your kids and act it out first. That's first Samuel three. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a great thing to teach them how God speaks and they should listen and respond. But uh, surrounding this story is Eli and we read here when he was very old. And let me read this to you. It's verse 22 of, of first uh, Samuel two. Eli was very old and he heard all that his sons were doing to all Israel and how they lay with the women who served at the doorway of the tent of meeting. And he said to them, why do you do such things? 
the evil things that I hear from all these people. No, my sons, the report is not good, which I hear the Lord's people circulating. And then he kind of, he's, he's a priest. So he says, if one man sins against another, God will mediate for him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who can intercede? But they would not listen to the mm. voice of their father. So here's a father who's stepping in when he hears that his kids are sleeping around with people in the church, we would say. Yeah. And he's saying, this is terrible. You shouldn't be doing this. Well, just think about that for a second. Obviously, way before when they were younger, he must not have been really modeling mm. for them and raising them in the ways of the Lord. And yes, every son and every daughter has a choice when they get older. But here he just says, you know, you, you shouldn't be doing this. And, but, and, no, but he didn't have. And so here you might give respect, him some yeah. grace. But here's, here's where we learn more is in the next chapter when God speaks to Samuel, his first message to go bring and it has to do with Eli Hmm. and Eli makes him share the message and here was the message this is from God I have told him through Samuel he's telling Eli that I'm about to judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knew because his sons brought a curse on themselves and here it is and he did not rebuke them he did not admonish them he did not give a loving rebuke to them. So, Training and by the teaching, time it yeah. was really egregious, he, yeah. it was too late. And they said, we're not going to yeah. listen to you. And so it's just probably every father's fear that my kids are just going to blow me off and say, I don't care. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm, not, I'm my own man. And I just yeah. think we start early and we do everything we can to um, teach our kids the way of the Lord and bring gentle corrections and bring loving rebuke and then bring encouragement and teach them and mm-hmm. you know uh the way of the lord and so so here's an example of what can happen if we don't persevere yes and uh and if we don't if we don't continue to teach and to train and Diane says parent the thing about parenting it's so daily, daily. So you daily. know and so yes. you've got to persevere. persevere and yes every child must make their own decision and there are there are parents who did everything right pretty much and their hearts are breaking and we just pray god's grace on you yes. but here was a situation where god says here that he knew what they were doing was wrong, but he didn't yeah. step into and, it. And so. as fathers, I think one thing, I know, Diane, you're going to share a story about your dad to close us in a second. I'm thinking about the importance of perseverance and the temptation of dads especially, and I know I feel it sometimes, the the temptation to just check out mm-hmm. and be like, especially if you have a wife like I do, which I'm so thankful for, who's uber responsible, the right thing is the most important, the most, resp- like she has to do the right and the responsible thing in every situation, which could be very easy for me to just check out and be because I know she's going to pick up the slack, (laughs) but that, that temptation to give in and not persevere um, is one. If you're listening and you're a man here, or even if you're a spouse uh, you know, if you're a wife listening to this, just remember like the, the perseverance is so incredibly important. It doesn't always have, you don't always have to be the best dad. I mean, just being present, being consistent. One thing that I love that you do, Elizabeth, I mean, I don't always love it. Most of the time I don't love it, but I need it actually, to be completely honest. And if you're a wife listening to this, uh, you know, set up your own language with your, with your husband, but she knows the man that I want to be. And she knows when I'm not being that man, especially in fathering, especially in being a dad. And there's often times when she'll look at me, sometimes it's in a calm moment and sometimes it's not so calm. And basically, you know, she says, this isn't the man you want to be. This isn't who you want to be. And like let's not go down this path or like if I'm over responding or whatever, like that's not who you want to be. Mm -hmm. And although she's like, 
all the first it's the sting. I don't right? always say it right. No. <laughs> but I think as I think the point isn't yes, how you say something is important, right? But I think it as a spouse, if if you're a wife listening, just understand that you can and you can help with this. You can help in a huge way with this by saying, hey, this isn't who you want to be. This is who, like, I know who you want to be. And honestly, that's actually living out the God-given task of marriage. Like, yes, exactly. The God-given task of marriage is to see mm-hmm. who your spouse could be in Jesus mm-hmm. and call them to be that and help them yeah. become that full version of themselves mm-hmm. that they would never be able to be without you. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, even if you're listening and your wife, that that's something that you can do to help in perseverance. But um, I know, Diane, you you have a great story about your own father in the arena of perseverance that I, I would love for you to share if you have a minute. Well, um, first of all, you need to know that my dad did not have a good dad. Um, I don't think he was capable of being the kind of father most dads want to be or the kind of father that my dad became because he had probably undiagnosed and certainly untreated um, depression in mm-hmm. his life that left him pretty much unavailable to his kids. And um, uh, But he grew up wanting to be a really good dad. He saw mm. a few dads, good dads in a small t- town, uh, football parents. Yeah. And he wanted to be a good dad. And he, my dad didn't walk with the Lord at all until, um, we all heard the gospel when I was about 15. So he was a good dad though. Um, but that's when he really started walking with God and, my story goes back to me as a, a younger mom. We had just moved up to Oregon and we were living in this big house. And uh, let's see, maybe I had my kids from middle school down to toddler. And Phil started traveling as part of his ministry where he would be gone, you know, for a week, sometimes two weeks out of town, out of country, out of the state mm. and unavailable. And I'd always struggled with fear. But it really just kind of almost got out of control, um, even though I knew this is what he was supposed to do. And at the same time, I was going deaf and losing my hearing pretty rapidly. And we lived in a house that backed up to a greenway. And every night before I went to bed, when Phil was gone, I had to take out my hearing aids, these big power aids, and be basically deaf to sleep. Mm. You know, you can't really sleep with those on your ears. And... um before I'd go to bed every night, I would just pray all these, these frantic prayers, you know, Oh, Jesus, will you just put angels at the four corners of our house? And will you just surround <laughs> us? And we just almost like trying to come up with a formula that he would listen to. Yeah. Really anxious prayers. And then I'd go to sleep and I'd wake up in the night praying anxious fears, knowing that if somebody came to our house and took a baseball bat to every one of our windows in the backyard, I would not be able to hear it. I wouldn't wake up. Mm. and I was responsible for protecting my family. And it was just, I didn't even know how bad it was until Mm. God met me there. And uh, one night I was doing my anxious praying, and I was reading the Lord's Prayer out loud, reminding God that he was supposed to be this (laughs) father to me. (laughs) And all of a sudden I felt him so clearly speak to me, something along the lines of, remember your dad. Mm. And the memory that I have that really stood out about my dad is that every single night when we went to bed or sometime before he went to bed, he would walk through the entire house and make sure it was locked up tight. The garage door was down, the doors were locked, the windows were closed or, you know, locked. And he'd peek into each of our bedrooms to make sure we were still breathing. (laughs) 
And I just remember that secure feeling of him peeking in on me and knowing that my dad would do that. Last thing he did was turn off the heater or turn down the heater. And then he'd go to bed. And mm. God reminded me that I never once begged my dad, 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 please don't forget to lock up tonight. Yeah. Please, you know, there's a window open in here. And did you check the fire that the gas is turned off? You know, did you, did you, are you sure you got it all? Mm. No, I just went to bed really secure every night because my dad took care of us. Yeah. And you know, my dad didn't know what his purpose was. Mm. He, he didn't. He was just beginning by that time probably to understand that there was power in Jesus, but he didn't really know it yet. He most definitely did not have a plan. He was still trying to figure this out himself. What he had was perseverance or what I would call steadfastness, that doing the right thing over and over and over again without trumpet or fanfare. And, And here I was many, many years later realizing my dad informed the father to me. He showed wow. me what the father is like. And you know, that night I, I confessed my lack of trust and bossiness towards God and anxiety and started just thanking him. Like I wish I had thanked my dad for taking such good care of us. And I just started going to bed every night when Phil would be gone and I was taking those hearing aids out and just saying, Father, thank you that you've taken such good care of me every single day of my life. Thank you that you gave me a dad that looked after me Hmm. and, and I trust you. And you know, I never again had trouble falling asleep at night when Phil was gone. The fear was gone. Or if I'd wake up kind of scared in the night, I just remember my dad and, and what God told me about himself and it reminds me of. Psalm 3, I cried out to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy mountain. But he Mm. answered me with the story of my dad. Yeah. I lay down and slept. I woke up in safety. For the Lord was watching over me. I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. And, you know, I just think that you as dads need to remember this. Even if the best you can do is lock up every night. Mm-hmm. And check in on your daughters and and be steadfast. My dad did not was not married to my mom could be difficult. I'm sure he got discouraged at times, um, trying to love a broken person. But he did that well. Every day he stayed with her, he stayed with us. He was steadfast. And if there's one thing now I know about the father is his steadfastness towards me. Mm. That he is faithful even when I am not that I can trust him to take care of me without having to tell him how. He, my dad showed me the way to the father and showed me that the way that the father is, even though he didn't get all the peas. Yeah. For those of you who are worried <laughs> yeah. that you've missed some of those peas. I love the way that you're, uh, you know, closing that thought of realizing even if you only have one of these things, God can mm-hmm. still use yes. those attempts. And even if you're developing two and waiting for two or three or however many of the points here uh, that God can use, he just loves our attempts mm-hmm. and he wants to bless mm-hmm. those attempts. Uh, obviously, the last one, it's prayer. Mm-hmm. And the last one the last one today is prayer. It has to be. And I um, I know, Phil, I, I was, we were talking about this before, but one of my favorite just lines that has been ro- rotating through my mind so much is a prayerless life is a powerless That's right. life. Yeah, yeah. And... I, and I want a powerful life. And so, you know, praying and, and recognizing that prayer is what just smooths 
all of this out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even with, um, in the book, we talk about this and even in the, the conference, we talk about this, but prayers like the roof of the house right mm -hmm. and what's i mean this you say it better than i do so diane says it better than me yeah. prayer <laughs> yes. it's like putting the roof on for the rains that you know are coming the roof yeah. of protection mm -hmm. for protection yes. exactly wow. you're prayer. praying protection over your daughters because and over your sons because you know rains are coming that's life yes COVID 19 loss of jobs yeah. ending of relationship you know that rains are coming and you praying ahead of them for the rains that you know are coming. Yeah, prayer is like a roof of protection yes. over your children. And the father is huge in that. The mother's yeah. prayers as well. <clears throat> but for a father to pray protection yeah. and to be that protection over his family to doing the spiritual warfare and prayer and watching for the attacks of the enemy and the ways he's trying to get into the marriage and into the family and 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 doing battle in prayer because Ephesians 6 says we wage not against flesh and blood blood but against principalities and powers and so so there's a force against raising godly kids it's yeah. the evil one and yeah. so uh, so yes, we need to be steadfast in prayer. I would say even prayer. more, there's a force against being a godly man yes. in our culture today. Yes. A yes. godly man is a threat to the enemy who's trying to yes. trying to take Jesus out of our world. Mm -hmm. So wherever you are at today as a dad, uh, we just hope you're encouraged. We started out with four reasons, but we've ended with six. Mm -hmm. We've got the purpose for to, ha to have a full vision of fatherhood, to become the father that God is calling you to be. Uh, you need to understand and know your purpose, understand that presence is incredibly important, the mm -hmm. power of the Holy Spirit, have a plan, always remember perseverance, and especially the most important prayer. Cover it all in prayer, mm -hmm. and we pray that this blesses you on this Father's Day. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If this podcast has blessed you in any way, here's a few ways that you can partner with us in this ministry. First is to give. Intentional Parents is a nonprofit and we rely on the generous giving of our partners. So please head over to our website, intentionalparents.org slash give if you would like to become one of our partners through giving. Second is to share it. If this has at all been helpful to you, we encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, and those that you know would be blessed by it. Third is to follow us on social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at intentional underscore parents. And lastly, if you would head over to iTunes, if you enjoyed today's episode and leave a review on iTunes, this helps us bring more hope, help, and healing for families. 